Howdy, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the AVP Live this Friday evening as we wrap up the month of January. We're in season two, episode four, and we've got some great folks who are going to be joining us in just a few moments. It's been a while. It feels like it because generally speaking, we do the show uh, every Tuesday night. But my guests tonight, I really wanted to get them on because it kind of happened in this whirlwind sort of social media blitz uh, that I found out that... Um, they were doing this for a complete stranger, and I thought, my God, this is not only an amazing good good news story, but these people have been through so much in the last three or few years, and they're paying it forward. So uh, I wanted to give uh, my guests some time to kind of get back into Windsor, relax, put their feet up, um, try to recover from major surgery, but they're gracious to spend some time with me this evening here on the project. So as always, we welcome you if you're just joining the show. Uh, don't forget we have past episodes on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts, video and audio for you to download here on season one, and love for you to comment live here on the show like Sammy. Sammy, what is up, my man? Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and we're also on Twitter itself. A couple of things to get to before we welcome our guests here on the program. Don't forget we have our annual blood drive that is continuing. That's coming up on Wednesday, February 16th for Congenital Heart Defects Awareness Month. That'll be taking place in the Burke, town of Ambersburg, at the Knights of Columbus Hall with our friends over at Canadian Blood Services. So hopefully we'll see you out there. If you want to book an appointment, it runs from 1 until 7. Blood.ca is the website to check out and uh, would love to see you for that. We continue to raise some funds for the Ronald McDonald House in Windsor at Windsor Regional Hospital and the Windsor-Essex County Humane Society. We have some pretty awesome mugs from my friends over at Hag Customs that uh, they've been helping me spread the news and the good news with these mugs. So every single cent from these mugs goes to those two charities and those are available right now. You can message me or check out Hag Customs on Facebook. Highly collectible and dishwasher safe and microwave safe as well. So you may remember over the last little bit, um, on my Facebook page, um, I continue to highlight different stories of sick kids here in the Windsor-Essex area and their families, uh, whether it is uh, you know, kids who have cancer or kids who are, uh, have some sort of serious illness or heart defects or anything like that. Um, I find it's always fascinating to me to see and hear stories of parents and the kids and families really dealing with these critical issues and these life-changing changing moments that happen, unfortunately, to some of the youngest in our region. Last March, on my Facebook page, I had a story of a little guy named Carson. He was a local boy uh, in need of a life-saving kidney transplant. And thanks to the power of positive social media, he received one this week in Toronto from a complete stranger. They know each other very well now. Uh, but this guy, and certainly him and his wife, they believe everything comes full circle. So I'm very happy and very honored to finally welcome two amazing people to the show, Don and Joe Marshawn, who are joining us here. Joe, recovering from donating that kidney to Carson. What is going on, guys? How are you? Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Aaron. How's it going? Oh, well, I, I mean, I can't complain. I was going to say I woke up with a kink in my neck, but dude, you are back home. <laughs> like, like major surgery. Dude, like, God, like, tell me how this all came about for the two of you, right? Well, I mean, it's been a week ago since surgery, right? So I'm still sitting here smiling, doing my thing. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty crazy. And um, a lot of this wouldn't have happened had I not seen a Facebook post back in February of last year. Um, Dawn was sitting beside me and she's like, oh, hey, look at this. You know, family's got a little boy in the need for a kidney donation. So 
they're looking for O-type blood to test to see if it could be a donor. And it, it was kind of ironic because the post came from a great, the preschool, the daycare where Carson attended that our six-year-old twins used to attend. So that post came from one of the teachers that, you know, we still followed on Facebook. And, um, you know, with Layla's passing, I started donating blood in her honor to find out what my blood type was. So it kind of came full circle because I was already a registered donor. So when she showed me the post, I was like, you know what? Like, why not? You know, it's I'm all in when it comes to things like this. So it, it really took no hesitation for me to reach out to Megan and get a hold of whoever I needed to, to start the process. Okay. They, like Don Joe, like there's all in and there's like saving a life. And like, I, I don't want to discount that term that you said, my man, because like all in is like, listen, I'm picking up the pizza for the guys. If they're coming over to play Xbox one night, like I'm taking care of the bill, dude, you are like saying I'm giving you an organ. I mean, he's a very cute kid regardless. Right. Like when I, the story came across my Facebook, message uh messenger carrie my wife said oh my god look at this little guy and i like instantly get full of emotion seeing this this beautiful little guy and dude like i don't want to discount that that's pretty epic what you did but i mean you mentioned layla and i want to talk about her i want to talk about everything you guys have gone through and sort of like that unspoken bond in the next little bit too but so you you give blood, right? You, you find out your blood type, you're going through the process on this, and then you find out, you know, whether or not you could be a donor. So this, this is like what some extensive work that has to testing that has to go in place. It's not like you're like, okay, tomorrow, we're going to donate the kidney. No, I mean, so once I reached out to mom, she sent me a link to the university network, which is uh, covered by Toronto General Hospital up in Toronto, excuse me. And uh, they're the number one transplant clinic in Canada. So I filled out the application. They received it probably second or third week of February. I heard back from them at the end of February and they said, and a massive response of people applied. I was like, okay. I was like, no problem. And they're like, if you're, you know, we'll, we'll keep you on file. So let's fast forward to summertime and I'm at work and I get a random phone call from the university of network and it's Toronto general. And they're like, Mr. Marshawn, we, you know, still have your application for this kidney donation. Are you still interested? I was like, absolutely. You know, not even calling Don to say, hey, calling me and like, hey, they're wondering if I'm still interested. Of course I'm still yeah. interested. I applied, right? Sure. Um, so they sent me some dates that I had to get some testing done down here at Windsor, just pretty much blood labs and urine samples. And once they forwarded that information, I had 30 days to get that process finished. So it was kind of in just before my vacation time. So I told him, I said, listen, I'm going on vacation this week. When I come back from vacation, I'll take care of it. And, you know, third week of August, everything just started rolling downhill or uphill there to get this thing done. And it was testing down here. And then I had two appointments up there. I had to do more testing and get chest x-rays and get a CT scan done. And, you know, it was like second or third week of September. I get the email from them. They say, Mr. Marshawn, you're, you're a match. You're a direct owner. Tears, <laughs> instantaneous, ah, and I'm at work. Like I'm, I'm doing all this communication while I'm working, and you know, sitting here trying to do all the testing, which has been easy to do because my employer, Aim Recycling, is they were like full bore, 100% supportive of what I was doing, wow. and, it, and it made that process so much easier. So you're doing all this based on the Facebook post, but not just based on what you saw. It's really in honor 
of Layla, right? And and it's really a, a, like kind of paying that that forward a bit and saying, hey, I have an opportunity to help somebody, uh, and I'm able to do it. So why not do it? Well, and that, and I mean, and through the process, that's what it really boiled down to. It, you know, there were a couple moments like, okay, really, why am I doing this? And she's the first person that always comes to mind. She's yeah. the reason why I started donating blood. So, you know, that in itself right there made this process easier because I already knew what my blood type was. And for me as a step parent, you know, not a biological parent, <laughs> how do I, how do I as a step parent honor her memory? Mm-hmm. And to me, this was probably the most ultimate way I can do it. So she always challenged me and it's like, what would Joe do? Or what would Layla do? Like those were the little banters her and I would have all the time back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, that was my sole focus. And for after, you know, it just kind of finally hit me like, this is happening for a reason. And Donnie even said it during the testing. She's like, you know, you're going to be the donor, right? Like, it's just going to be you. That was strange because I had like this intuition that it just, it was like this solid, like, it's going to be Joe. Like, I just know it's going to be Joe. And I looked at him. I think it was when they first said, yeah, you can start the testing process. Um, I looked at him. I'm like, it's you. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. We're just going to go through the steps. It's okay. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm feeling it. And I mean, arms, you probably know, um, women have like incredible intuition. Like if oh, yeah. Sure carries the same way. Yeah. It was just a gut feeling. And I mean, I never, I never doubted the process. I never questioned what he was doing. It was just, it felt right. It's funny how women, I think as guys, Joe, and, and correct me, I'm, I'm speaking for our entire gender, right? but like, like I, I've learned to trust Carrie's intuition when it comes to things like that, right? It's like they have like this sixth sense where it's it's like, okay, well, I would be stupid not to at least heed heed that. But to have that sort of inkling, uh, inkling that you guys had, or certainly Don had, that this was all going to happen, and then tying it back to Layla and everything you guys went through. And I want, I want to talk a little bit about that and, and, and get into that with you guys today too. I mean, it just, to me, it just, it, it's the perfect example of, I think what this world is in desperate need of, and that's people thinking about other folks uh, and trying to fill uh, a need, uh, certainly a critical need like this for Carson where they can. So you, you're doing all this, you got the both really the both of you right because i mean don you're supporting joe too yeah during a pandemic mm-hmm. right like during <laughs> lockdowns and and testing and all this stuff like that's got to be another layer of stress too right um no because the pandemic has not for the most part slowed me down to a lot of things you know maybe from the personal aspect of things work was never really affected um you know, the, the hospitals have their protocols for a reason. And, you know, they're they're still, they, they just can't shut down and say, you know what, we can't do this. Like, that's just not, it's not an option in the medical field. So, you know, with the challenges, it really was more like, okay, I got to put a mask on. Okay. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. And going into this, I knew that would be probably one of the key things, which is okay. It's fine by that. I mean, Don's immunocompromised. I, I believed in the vaccines when they started talking about it because, again, she's at risk. Like we've already suffered enough death in our family in the course of three years. You know, 
you have to draw the line and, you know, put a stop to it at some point. So, I mean, it really wasn't too much of a challenge. Um, you know, my biggest thing with Carson, once they were informed that he had a donor was now can he manage to the end of the year without having to go on dialysis? Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, if we can do it in the new year, that's great. I'm like, but if there's an emergency case, just let's get it done because this little boy needs it. You know, I, my family suffered and wholeheartedly I couldn't see another family go through that again. And it just, it would break my heart knowing that I didn't do something, knowing that I could do something. So for me to be able to do this for him and for them, it like it's full circle. Like you said, it, you know, it's bittersweet. There are so many parallels and so many connections between this family. Like, Oh yeah. Oh. But okay. There is, there were some challenges though. I mean, Joe is very different. We're very different personalities. Um, I'm very, maybe especially after going through it, I went through Layla. I'm more, I guess, worrisome than he is. He's more carefree. Um, doesn't let things get him, you know, stirred up and concerned. But, you know, I was worried, like, what if he catches COVID and the surgery doesn't happen for Carson or, um, what if he catches COVID in general, you know, going into the hospital in Toronto, except, you know, there's just little, and then, you know, I couldn't be with him. He had this major surgery and he had no support person. And that was, I mean, that was difficult there. Yeah, there are challenges. Absolutely. But I mean, you had no choice it's out of control, right? Okay. That was my biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I saw the post, right? Like after we talked, um, it's funny how this all came about because like I, I, I try to keep track of of the stories that I still do on a social media lens. Um, if I post something on my Facebook, I I really try to fact check it, but I also try to have some compassion. And and that's, I think, the beauty of being able to do social media sort of, you know, if you want to call it journalism, but I guess, um, I guess it's journalism, but is to kind of fill that uh, need in the community to say like, hey, these are some families that are going through some tough times. These are the situations that they're having. Are there ways that we can kind of come together outside of the division and the political BS that you see in a lot of the things that have come across the news nowadays that we can come together as a community and try to support? Um, and, and, And when Carson's mom and I think Carson's aunt reached out to me and said, hey, this was going down, um, this guy named Joe and and his wife Dawn are going to uh, help us out with this, and I'm like, oh, it didn't click into me, right? <laughs> and then and then and then all of a sudden they're like, honestly, they're like, hey, Joe wants. They're like messaging me on Facebook, so like I'm on my couch, right? Liam's in bed, Carrie's watching Housewives or something, and uh, so what are you doing? I'm like, some guy named Joe wants to message me, like like talk to me, and I'm like, I, I okay, sure, I get this is the guy. And then lo and behold, it's you, dude. And I was like, I was literally almost spit my coffee out. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, oh my God. Like I was so, it made me very happy. And I, as soon as we got done our phone call, I swear to God, I ran upstairs and I told Carrie, I'm like, oh my God, do you remember that Carson? And like, she goes, yeah, the little guy who needed the thing. I'm like, yeah, you never guess who's donating the, the kidney that he needs. And I told her and like, Carrie got all emotional and it's like, holy crap. Like, I don't know, man, but, but, okay. So okay, rewind, rewind a bit here. You, you donate your kidney this week, you're in Toronto. And for folks who are watching or listening to the live stream podcast after the fact, um, Toronto has some amazing hospitals. I will say that in, in, in our experience, they have been fantastic, um, from a sick kid's perspective, obviously. Uh, but I get that because that's one of our biggest fears. I think with Liam 
and if and when he needs more heart surgery. Uh, I think it's a little bit different at SickKids. I think they do allow one parent uh, in the room because of COVID protocols. And I get that. I'm not arguing it. But yeah, it's like, dude, you're recovering from major surgery and you're alone. Like that's a, it, it's a bit of a kick in the pants, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, I've been doing the same career. I've been driving truck for 25 years. I mean, before Layla, you know, had her journey and it came to an end, there was, a, you know, big periods where I would be gone for days or two at a time. I mean, that was the norm for us. We worked around it. And then, you know, once she passed away, that that whole dynamic had to change because my house was not right. And to this day, it's still not right. So, you know, I had to make some career changes to still be able to put food on the table. So I never got out of the industry. I just changed what I was doing. And for like the last two and a half years, year and a half, I've been home daily, no weekends. And you get used to that pattern. And, you know, my care team up in Toronto, I spoke to them before all these restrictions came back in again. I said, you know, what's, you know, what's allowed? And they're like, yeah, your wife can definitely come and stay. I was like, great. We had it all planned. We scheduled, you know, how we were going to get there, where we were going to stay, yada, yada, yada. Come the restrictions, it's like, okay. It goes back to her and her PTSD, you know, do you want to come? Do you want to sit in a hotel and not be able to come and see me? And then it's kind of a, you know, 50-50, because if you're up there worrying about me, at the same time, she's going to be up there worrying about what's happening at home, because now she's not at home. You know, so that did present a lot of different little challenges. But what we've gone through, it's it's really easy for us to adapt to make it work. And our support around us has been absolutely amazing through all of it. And yeah, like, you know, come Sunday, I'm not going to lie, like come Sunday, I was just emotionally breaking down. Oh, for sure. And, and my and my doctor or my one nurse, she's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I'm I'm like I need my wife here. She's coming up tomorrow." I said, "I need her here." I'm like, "I don't care what you do." I said, "Beg and plead, you know, do something." I said, "Because I'm not going to get better and get out of here if I don't have her here." And she's like, "All right, I'll take care of it." And sure, you know, sure enough, she was up there on the Monday and she was there, and it everything changed. Like, I I can't even fathom what my dad went through. You know, before he passed away, he was in long-term care and lockdowns. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go see him. And I was about to sign all these documents and get tested multiple times a week just to go visit him. Because, again, like me, he had nobody around, just his nurses. All we could do was video chat. Like, that's not enough. Human touch and human contact means yeah. more than anything. And if anybody during this pandemic has had, you know, sick parents in the hospital or loved ones in long-term care, they probably fully understand what that means right now. Yeah. I And and I mean, Don, you probably get the call and you're like, yeah, I got to hustle up there because you're probably missing him. And I mean, it's not like he's going up there for some minor surgery. I mean, you're essentially saving a life and 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 yeah. you're obviously worried about him too. I mean, through all of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, They're so overwhelmed. The nurses. I mean, I saw it firsthand when I was there with them. Like they didn't get their breaks, you know, you could just tell they were all like running on E. And I feel as though when you have a support person there, it does alleviate some of the stress from the nurses because there's a there's somebody there like, you know, if he needed help in the shower, I'm there to help him. It takes away from a staff member having to do it. Um, Another thing, too, like he's he was like on, you know, pretty heavy painkillers and trying to remember questions and things to ask the doctor like 
there's not a person that's coherent that can actually speak to the doctor. It's him and he's forgetting things, right? So, I mean, there's an element missing when I think a person, I get it, like I totally understand they're trying to limit traffic in and out of the floors in the hospital, but people need a support person, whether it's one, um, children, children especially, they need more than just one parent. I mean, that's being separated from your siblings and, you know, mom and dad like it's heartbreaking um i mean even megan posted today like carson's struggling because he misses his brother his brother's back in windsor and he can't you know see him as regularly as he would at home um it's tough i don't know i don't know what to say i don't know what you know what would fix the issue it's just it's a deficit right now and people need people absolutely I, I, I love that comment. You know, people do need people. And I think, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, like Carrie and I have had many discussions and I mean, we can go into the weeds about this as parents. Um, and we kind of did that as we were working in the virtual green room, mm -hmm. so to speak, to go live. But Carrie and I have had many discussions about what it looks like if we do need to bring Liam back up to sick kids and um, how that looks like in terms of, you know, somebody like, I always say to people like when Liam was in sick kids, when we were up back in 2018, I mean, I don't want to get flack for this, but I'll say it, but it's like, here's this kid, this baby that I have a connection with, but I don't have a connection with it. That makes any sense. Yep. Like I still love him, but it's not yep. like the Liam I know now four years into it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Where it's like, I say to Carrie, I'm going, it breaks my heart every time I think about it or any kid that's in this position, they go through any kind of major surgery joke like yourself. I mean, you know, being an adult, but just the picture of a kid waking up in the middle of the night in pain in a hospital room and there's nobody around except a nurse that is very kind and doing what they can, but it's not mom and it's not dad. Right. Absolutely. And right. that's a nurse you got to push a button to get their attention for. It's not for like sure. instantaneous either. And, and, and even now, right? Like, like they're doing so much with so little uh, support. I mean, that's where I, I, I kind of, it, it's, it scares me quite honestly. Um, from a parenting standpoint, you know, um, but thank God that you guys are allowed to be, you know, Don, you're really able to go because that must have been relief yeah. to see her, right? I mean, you're probably like, oh, honey, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I had some pretty good nurses. Um, you know, the one thing I seen with all of them, again, like Don said, they're just, they're overworked and they're tired. Every time they came in the room, they always said sorry. And I, I looked at the one nurse, I said, you know what, you don't need to apologize to me for doing your job because I'm not the only person that's sick in this building and on this floor that you have to take care of. I respect the fact that you come in when I call you and you come in when you're supposed to. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. It's, that's what it's about. I mean, we all wish that we had our own personal nurse the entire time, but that's just not the reality. Like we don't have the bodies to do that. And, you know, after all these mandates came in, they lost more bodies. So that's that's the reality of what we have to live right now. The, the the amount of people versus the amount of employees to take care of you just do not line up at all. That's why I think, you know, when you scale it back from a local lens, I think one of the most brilliant things I've seen, in my opinion, over the last couple of years was the DCP program that Hotel Two Grace has in place. Uh, for some of the rehab, where I think for the majority of the rehab patients and quite a few of the units and, and people who are in the inpatient uses where, you know, yes, the lockdowns are here, you know, they, you know, they may have to inhibit uh, visitors coming on site. But like you guys said, to have that human family touch mm -hmm. and that contact in the hospital uh, 
is so crucial, I think, to uh, a patient's uh, road to recovery. So what they've done is they've developed this program where they can actually um, say, Don, in your case, they would have you go through a bit of training so you can nod it off, you can properly PPE, you know the risks, and, and, and you're well versed to take care of your loved one, yep. but also be that designated care partner, DCP, to make sure that they recover and they're done. And I think that's, that is just, talk about quality and you talk about patient satisfaction and connection. I think that is so epically amazing that they were able to implement that and especially during a pandemic too. I mean, oh, to sure. have that, especially for older folks too, it's like, my God, um, I can't even imagine. You know? And I'm glad you actually brought that up because I, you put it in a really good perspective. So when my dad got sick before the end of 2020 into 2021, you know, I, I reached out to you because they gave him, you know, a week, 72 hours to a week to live. And, you know, it says right on their website that people that can visit are kind of in the end of life situation. And that's where my dad was at. And my sister tried going there and they're like, no way. And look what I did. I reached out to you and you gave me the contacts that I needed. And by the time that person called me back, she says, you're pretty popular right now. And it's like, it, it, it's important to be with family. And I got there, I was able to get in. They gave me the training with the PPE. I told him exactly what I would be there for to do and so on and so forth. And until he finally made that decision, whether he wanted to stay in hospital or go back to his long-term care to kind of live out the rest of his days. He went back to long-term care and then my sister was able to join me at the same time while he was there and she got the same training. Like it, it's important. People can't be afraid, you know, the little things you're gonna learn in order to support your family. You're going to do whatever you can. Oh, geez, I was, I mean, when you messaged me during that, I mean, that was kind of during the craziness of everything that was been happening over the last two years. And I remember getting that message and um, I actually contacted at that point, I think it was Jan Kaffer. Um, it's a friend of mine who, um, she retired now, CEO. And uh, I said, hey, like, I'm not trying to pull strings, but is there anything that can be done? Because I think at the end of the day here in 2022, like we're all connected to our screens. Like this is, here comes my old man arms rant for the show. And my, and Carrie always gets on my back about it because you sound like a crotchety old guy. And I'm like, I'm 40 now. I can be crotchety. Okay. Exactly. Um, exactly right. It's like those kids, you know, but yeah. I, I, we're so connected to social media and social media is great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It can also be terrible, <laughs> but I think there's something to be said when this all blows over, God willing, something, some sort of normalcy comes out of all of this. That personal connection in anything we do, whether you're flipping burgers or you're selling cars or you're serving patients or you're running for public office, it should be about service. And 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 when you contacted me, like I said, I, I really wanted to make sure not only because of everything that you guys went through with Layla, because I just put I, I would try to put myself in your shoes and say, man, if that was my dad, I would try see if I, there was any way, shape or form I could be there with him. Uh, so I was happy to do that. And I'm glad there was some sort of resolution because I think when things are happening at a breakneck speed, especially with COVID, uh, it's really hard to get kind of answers because nobody knows what's going on. Right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that you were able to at least get in there and, and, and spend a bit of time with him. And, and now that I have you here, I, I really appreciate your help because that, that meant the world. Ah, I'm, what you guys went through as a family, honestly, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I we kind of talked about that um, before we went live here. It's like parents of sick children 
Um, and I don't pretend to know, like, it's when I talked to Ian and Chantel from Fight Like Mason too, right? Mm -hmm. Like Ian's a really good friend of mine. Chantel's a good friend of my wife's. Um, I don't pretend to know what you guys went through. I, 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 I honestly heartfelt from the bottom of my heart. Sympathize is not the right word. I, I, it's like silently I want to, if I could personify this in like a word, like I want to reach across the screen or across the aisle and like hold your hand mm -hmm. and, and just say nothing, if that makes any sense. Because it's like, I, I can't, like I can't, that's it, I can't. I, you guys are, you guys have gone through so much and kudos to you for still being you guys and doing this for Carson. It's the least I can do, man. But like, there is, there's a sense of camaraderie that comes from having a high risk child or a sick child, whether it's cancer or a heart defect or, you know, kidney disease. It's just, and I mean, you know, even being part of like the little hands group where it is collectively not just cancer kids, it's a bunch of, you know, yeah. different illnesses, different rare illnesses. And our struggles and paths are all different, but they connect in just this way that is like more soulful than anything um and yeah like you just look at a person and they get it and you, like i can talk to, and you get it like we get each other and it's just something innate that the regular public population would not understand they try to and you know like everyone has the best of intentions i think but unless you've had a kid going through these challenges and seeing what they go through and what other children go through you, you just can't fathom it like there's no way to grasp that concept of the challenges that the family the child the siblings like everybody faces it's um it's like it's like you've been through the trenches and i'm not mm -hmm. trying to you know, I, I don't want to say, okay, well, like you're personifying war, but no, it's like you've been through hell and back. Like the decisions you and Joe have made during Layla's journey, um, you know, her hospital visits, all those things, those nights I know, like what gets me personally is like, and I'm a sucker for this too. Um, obviously my wife and I are huge supporters of sick kids. Yeah. Um, I'll, I mean, they have some of the most brilliant marketing I have ever seen. Um, in terms of, you know, they're building a new hospital in downtown Toronto yeah. and um, they put out some pretty powerful stuff. And every time I see their new stuff drop on Twitter or on YouTube, I'll watch it. And then I'm like, just soaking, like just a puddle. Yeah. Um, but I, I relate to a lot of it. Yeah. Right. And I th I'm sure you guys have seen that. And then you have the outpouring of support too. And that's why, like, when I saw you guys back at the hospice gala in 2019, before mm -hmm. the um, quote unquote, the world, our world ended. Yeah. with COVID, um, as I say, in March 2020, uh, you know, and I, I was going up to the bar to grab a drink. And then I just saw you guys there. And I like, I remember spending some time with Joe, mm -hmm. um, I think. And, and I just, it's like we had that uh, kind of like an unspoken bond a little bit, right? To say, yeah. like, I know what you, like, I just, yeah, you know, get it. I, I, you know what I'm talking about. That's all I'm I saying. Do. Yeah. Right? I mean, the reality is, man, we've known each other since we were kids. So, I mean, that unspoken bond has always been there. You know, you just don't realize then that it's going to circle back now. It's funny how that works, though. I mean, even with you guys in Carson, right? Like, it's, yeah. I always say, like, karma is like a real thing. And it comes, like, the people who come in your life and they exit your life, it's like the seasons, right? They change, but it all comes around once again. So it's, I remember seeing you guys and I, and I kind of was saying like at that point I was thinking about putting together a show, a podcast, and I just even love to have you on. 
Um, and that didn't materialize at that point. But then here we are in 2022. And, you know, one of the blessings I think of COVID has been, you know, allowing people to do a lot of things from home. Like I do 90% of my work in my home studio and I, I can bang out content. So I'm just very happy to have you guys on and talk a little bit about the experience too, because mm-hmm. I mean, you're feeling okay. Otherwise, I mean, long road to recovery here or. They said four to six. I mean, I. It, it's it's going to be a challenge. I mean, we're in, you know, three days since I've been home. So for me, it's going to be a real challenge going further ahead because I'm always full throttle, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's like, you can only watch so much TV. You can only play so many video games. You can only nap for so long. I mean, the one big thing that my surgeon and, and my one doctor mentioned is that fatigue is going to be massive. Sure. And it... It, for me, that's 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 not normal. I don't know what it's like to be fully fatigued, you know, tired. I mean, we all get tired, right? Sure. But this thing, I mean, there's been waves the last couple of days where it's like, okay, I got some energy and I'm not in too much pain, so I'll walk around. You know, I don't want the muscles tighten up. But 10, 15 minutes later, I'm just sitting there and it's just like, okay, I need to take a nap. Like, I feel like an old guy. I'm not an old guy, but I feel like an old guy. You know what I mean? And I mean, if that's the price I got to pay for saving a life and honoring my daughter, like, then so be it. It's short-term pain for long-term gain. I think he needs it, though, in a sense. Um, okay, so, you know, looking at the bigger picture that a lot of us don't understand, um, yeah, we did go through a heck of a lot over the past three years. I mean, a sick child, lost a child, Um his dad, my grandfather passing away, his dad getting sick and passing away. The pandemic, it's just been one thing after another. And I mean, Layla being a stepdaughter, Layla being my biological daughter and being a mother in general, like the grief, I had to grieve and parent. And he's trying to parent and grieve and make sure I'm okay. And then you've got all these other things thrown in the mix. And We've been in survival mode basically for the past three years. It's been pretty intense. And I don't think, I honestly don't think Joe has really had the time to sit and just feel what he needs to feel to go through. So in a sense, there might be a, this might be a good time for him, you know, physically as a metaphor that he needs to just sit (laughs) and, you know, be with himself. It's important. It is because, there was never, you didn't pause at all. No. No, you didn't take one pause. I paused. I paused. It. Yep. I took my time. You know, I still need time sometimes, but yeah, I made sure that I wasn't working. I wasn't taking on too much. And he was alleviating that for me because, you know, it's, it's a balance between you've got your partner, you try to offset each other's, um, you know, Everything. you know what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't grieved. He hasn't, you know, felt what he needs to feel, I think. And I think this is just a good time to kind of physically and emotionally just let himself heal. So I'm really, really hoping (laughs) that, you know, he does take that opportunity. And of course, I feel like it's almost a shift now. It's my turn to to be his rock, to be his pillar. Um, Yes, he did a wonderful thing, amazing thing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot involved in this. It's not... I mean, he try, Joe always tries to simplify matter of fact, like, yeah, it's the right thing to do. I'm doing it for Carson. There's a lot of deeper things going on here. Um, and, you know, I'm, 
happy to work through it with him. Like this is nothing can break us down more. <laughs> and that's it. I, I I've used this line the last couple of weeks to some of my friends. Sure. I told them I'm getting to the point where I need to unpack before okay. I become unglued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's and where it's at ultimately. And there's no shame in that at all, right? I mean, it's like uh, you have to you have to go through the storm to come out the other side a stronger sailor and and to appreciate the the nice weather, right? Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, when you go through what you did with obviously your extended family and then obviously with Layla, it's easy. Like when we were, like when we were in sick kids and some, some folks here locally approached us to do all these fundraisers because we were going back and forth to Toronto for almost two months. And, you know, that's why I'll, I'll always advocate for the Ronald McDonald house. Cause I, you know, I, I say to folks all the time, right? Like we, my, Carrie and I would have been financially bankrupt if we didn't have that place. Um, but, you know, somebody was like, oh, we can do this. We can do a fundraiser. And it's like, I, I don't, I, I, I had to be the rock at that point, right? Because Carrie was just like, checked out. Um, you know, and Don, you probably same thing as a mom, right? Yeah, it's, totally. it, it, I just kind of said, you know, thank you so much for the generosity. It's just like, I have no, I have no capacity mm-hmm. to do this at this point, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's so crucial that folks, you, you take time and, you know, obviously honor the amazing daughter you guys had. And uh, I mean, the amazing gift you've given Carson. I mean, his parents must be over. They have to be over the moon, right? I mean, it's it's going to provide him a better quality of life here going forward. Absolutely. I mean, you're they're the reason why you and I are sitting here right now. I mean, they reached out right. to you. I tried to stay very low key about everything. I mean, I could have blew this up social media wise. But, you know, knowing what they're going through, you know, with what we've already gone through, you know, those are the things you don't really want in your face. Yeah. Right. But for them, you know, this was their moment to brag about me. And I, I you know, I, I, I enjoy it and I love it. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very simple. And for it to skyrocket the way you did, I mean, even look at the two public sc- or the two schools that were involved, like just because awesome. Don messaged the twins teacher and saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And then the school took it so much further and it's like all of a sudden it's ctv and cbc and i was like whoa what's happening right now i'm like this is this is not the outcome i was kind of expecting at all i mean (laughs) well i i I mean i want to preface this that for the fact like like quite honestly it's like yeah I, i think you should be pat on the back like dude you've been through both of you guys have been through hell and back and the fact that you're thinking of other people uh that you don't even really i mean i'm sure that you know megan and Carson now very well uh, and will for the really for the rest of your, their lives. Right. But I, I think this is, again, I'll, I'll sing it until I'm dead on a hill. Like I think, and this is just me, angry old man arms. Again, there's such a, a glaring issue in today's society where we're not doing the simple things like taking care of each other. And, and trying to help. And, it, and if it's not a monetary thing that we can do, because a lot of folks are up against the wall on that side, it's just yeah. like, how can I help you? And, and how can I come from a place of compassion and kindness? Like our culture has been so ingrained in like slit your throat, leave you by the wayside, and I'm done with you. That I think, you know, I've kind of said this on the last episode with uh, Adam Castle. I think, um, you know, that corporate sort of backstabbing mentality is not going to fly in the next four to five years. Yeah. I think people are, are realizing that life and you guys know it better than most is so precious. 
And the only thing we have is time. So, you know, you can fill it with junk and you can fill it with stuff or you can fill it with just trying to help folks because at the end of the day, I mean, Joe, I know you're in a lot of pain, but it probably feels pretty damn good to know that you saved a little boy's life. I, I do. I, again, it's bittersweet for me again because of Layla and for him. And I, I probably haven't really processed the whole thing yet. I mean, I understand the magnitude of what I've done. And I, I've said this to Carson's mom and dad, Megan and Ryan, that I'm going to get to watch him grow. And for me, that's worth more than any amount of money you can donate to me or to any charity. I get the reward of watching that little boy grow and see his parents happy and see his older brother be able to play with him. And he's got a you know a new baby sister that he gets to play with. I have my own kids and I watch them suffer going through what we went through and they've even changed from it. And the idea that I saved his life, it really hasn't registered yet, but I know that I did that for him. I did that for Layla's memory and hopefully I can spark interest in people. And I've kind of been sitting with this the last couple of days. I haven't really said much to Don, but I'm going to find a way where I'm going to start specifically advocating living donors because it's really not that scary. You know, they're, they're not just going to, you know, the hospital is not a shark. They're not just going to drag you and cut you open and take what they need. There's a process that goes with this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a process that goes with this. They look at you before, during and after. I mean, it's not, it's not cut and dry as a lot of people may seem to think it is. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I mean, that's the other thing I wanted to say about this. I think if anything from this experience, and I know you said you didn't really want it to get it out there, but it's out there, and is I think there's that education piece, too, where if we can have these upfront conversations and, and very mm -hmm. heartfelt conversations from a place of trust with you guys, and certainly coming on the show here and having this honest and heartfelt dialogue, hopefully somewhere, somewhere in the interwebs on, on Facebook or wherever watching this says, you know what, that's a kick-ass thing that they did. And I may have thought about it, but now I'm going to do it because if Joe and Don Marshawn are able to do this as a family unit and gone through everything, then we can provide this for somebody else. So I think there's that education piece, like you said, that I think is going to be so crucial for people to be aware of their options. Because Carrie and I, like, we were never, we never signed up for donors um, to be a donor. And then obviously everything went down with Liam. We are uh, donors now. So I got the donor card in my wallet. Um, you know, if anything happens to me, have at it. Um, you know, away we go. Um, and then it even goes as simple as maybe if a donor thing's not for somebody, that's fine. But yeah. maybe it's like the the blood donation, right? Like just that telling people to, I never used to give blood up until uh, we used to do, I always tell people, I used to do live radio broadcasts from Canadian Blood Services for a freaking decade. Never, never, never. I don't want to get, and then Liam needed it. He needed uh, three uh, three transfusions when he was at sick kids. So now, um, I try to do it at least every couple of months, every time they come out to the Berg, I'm, I'm there. So if you can kind of get that mindset to folks to say, like, it's just a little thing that you can do that can help somebody, then my God, like, just do it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's the little things that mean more in the end. And everybody thinks that they have to make a big grand gesture to, you know, make something is important, but it really isn't. I mean, simply giving blood. Like I, I started doing that because of Layla, because I found out we were the same blood type. And I mean, there were times where she needed that transfusion. And it, you know, as a parent, it's like, oh, I'll just, you know, hook my vein up and just give it to her then. Yeah. And now it's like, 
I can do this. Like I had to, I had to put the process to a stop because of all this. I didn't know what to expect, but you know, once I'm more mobile, I'm going to go right back to doing it. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like people, there's so much stigma and fear. Fear is, fear is a big factor in a lot of people's decisions. And, and I get it. And, you know, there's people that I know that were donating blood before me. And I talked to them about like, really, you know, what's the process? What really, what happens? And they talk you through it. I mean, if you're, if you know people that are blood donors, just talk to them, go with yeah. them, see what's going on. I mean, right now it might be a little tough with all the restrictions, Sure. but just, you know, it's, it's kind of like a movie. You got to watch to see what's actually happening to understand or a do it yourself project. You know, you go on YouTube and you can find the answer to something that you want to do that you don't know how to do. Donating blood is the same thing. Yeah. And I think, I think if you can also storytell too, I think storytelling is, you know, hearing from those lived experiences, right? Mm -hmm. um, like I said, I just remember, you know, all the things that, you know, the laundry list of things Liam needed to do to get out of sick kids after his two surgeries. And it's like, you know, blood transfusions was up there. So, you know, as soon as we got back to Windsor, I'm like, roll up to sleep, let's go. Um, and it's different for us because now we've, we've lived it. But if I can kind of inspire, and I know you guys are the same way too, inspire folks because I was talking to Marissa at, at Canadian Blood Services because we've got uh, Liam's annual drive coming up here in the bird in a couple of weeks. Um, I was talking to Marissa and they're not quite at the point of saying that there's a shortage, but they're concerned about because of COVID lockdowns and all those kind of things and the hesitancy for a lot of folks and I get it. So it's like if you can kind of educate people like I've gone since, you know, I just I go I take my lunch here from work from home and I just go and I you know grab a bite to eat on the way home and away we go. It's just simple, like you said, stick me and away we go. Yeah, I mean you're not there for a long time. They've got their protocols. It, you know, if you download the app, it does the pre-screening questions for you instead of you having to stand there and look at a you know a tablet or anything. You just kind of show up, say you're here for your appointment, sign in, away you go. In and out, twenty minutes. Have a nice here's a little snack. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I mean, you're going to help somebody down the road. You never know who, but you know you're at least doing something to help somebody. And I, I think that's where the focus is now lost. Um, before, and, 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 you know, we're obviously talking about the gift you've given Carson and, and talking about the recovery. And, you know, we kind of touched base on sort of, you know, that unspoken bond, you know, kids with, you know, parents with sick kids have. I wanted to obviously talk a little bit about um, your daughter and how much she was an amazing kid, um, mm -hmm. how she really inspired people right across Windsor-Essex, and I, I would say even Ontario, even Canada, uh, with her particular story. And and some of the things I think you, yeah. you guys uh, want to convey to people watching, listening to the show, about how much Layla meant to you and, and how an amazing daughter she was. I mean, uh, you know, I was still following the, the journey through Facebook and, and, and seeing how this all unfold. Uh, she's a pretty incredible little girl, right? Yeah, Layla, yeah. So Layla was um, very quiet, but very sweet, just pure, like pure-hearted. Um, you can just tell. <laughs> she um, was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma when she was 11. Um, that's the same type of cancer that Mason, um, Chantel, and Ian's son had. So it is a very aggressive pediatric cancer. We um you know obviously it was just like a kick in the gut um when we found heard the word mass 
um, my stomach just dropped to the floor. You know, you get that news and it just, your whole world changes in like one moment. Everything starts spinning and it's just, it's crazy. Um, yes, support just started coming out of nowhere, like flight. I was, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, you're just, everything's coming at you all like new words, uh, medical terms, procedures, people trying to help in any way they can and trying to focus on your kids at home. And, um, I, we're very blessed because, uh, we have a blended family. So, um, Joe was able to stay home with my oldest daughter, Ella, and, um, our twins while me and my ex were basically in London and we were able to also kind of take turns being with her in London, which was great too, because I don't know, we're just blessed to have that amicable um, relationship, even though we weren't married. And again, I mean, that even goes back to the daycare again, where Carson attended. I mean, here, this is happening and I still had to try and find a way to work and the daycare, you know, worked around my schedule and my employer worked around my schedule. I mean, you, I just couldn't stop. Like it was, it just happened so quick. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how how things change and the little things you take for granted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where that relationship with the daycare kind of grew with us. And, you know, sure, I'm, I'm stressing out and I'm frustrated because my wife's, you know, two hours away only. I mean, it doesn't seem like a long time, but it's it's a long time away for a long period because, you know, she's got to focus on her. Somebody had to stay back here and keep an eye on the, you know, the other kids. And I mean, there were some gloomy days. I, again, I've got three really good friends and I'll put them up against anybody. And I got family that like I talked to every day, every day I had to talk to somebody because it was just like, I needed my mind to be focused on something else. Yeah. Because if I started spiraling back to Layla's situation and the fact that Dawn is up there and I can't be there, like. That's, that's brutal. I, that is that is uh, to have that separation because it's like I you know I said to folks too it's like you know it half the battle is is when you have a decent employer that gets it right mm -hmm. and and they're able to work with you at some sort of equitable equitable thing but the bills don't stop right nope. it's like you guys know more than most the bills don't stop you somebody's got to keep things um, like up and running. Right. Yep. And, and, and at the, you're doing that, you say the two hour track, man, like, yeah, it's like two hours away, but that's like 5,000 miles away. Like I, mm -hmm. I go back to like when I made the decision to come back to Windsor when Liam was still in recovery at sick kids and Carrie and him were there for like a month. He was there for two months. So they were, and I'd go up, I would stop. I was anchoring the news at CBC at the time. And I, as soon as I would sign off the air at six 30, I'd pull a Clark Kent, I'd rip off my tie. I'd literally have a bag packed in my car I'd hop in my car and I would, I probably get crap for saying this, but I'd be doing 140 up the 401 uh, to get to Toronto sick kids. And I'd probably arrive depending on Friday night traffic in downtown Toronto. I'd probably be there at about 11 o'clock at night. And I'd literally tag Carrie out. Carrie would go to Ronald McDonald house and sleep. And I would stay up all of Friday into Saturday until she came yeah. um, just to be bedside. And I did that for like a month, right? Mm -hmm. But you're you're right. It's like if I I had like a couple of good friends, like a good buddy of mine's on Windsor Fire, Jeremy Sulier, mm -hmm. um, and I'm home. I mean, to be home 
and your wife's not at your home, I mean, you guys are a little bit different because you guys have the blended family, right? So there is still some people around. But coming back to, I know for our experience, coming back into my home, and it, it was just like, I just didn't want to be there, right? But it's like, where else am I going to go? I just want to be in, you know, with my wife and my kid. But it's that's a brutal experience for anybody. And there's there's families who honestly do that for years. If the kid is somewhat critical through those, like like for stretches. Like I met a bunch of folks at Sick Kids when we were there. Uh, and then one dad was like, yeah, we've been up here about, this is probably be year three, year four. And it's like, oh my God. Like parents are a different breed, man. And that's why Don, when you said like, we have that unspoken bond, like I mm -hmm. totally agree with you 150%. But you know what I, I found out in it, it's scary is that how many of these families don't have like the social media or the media outreach that like we got or like, you know, we're blessed that our community was able to just, you know, come together, support, whether it was financially or bringing meals or just well wishes, like yeah. what there's families that do not have that. There's families who are just thrown into it and they don't know how to navigate finding access to support systems it's scary and it's sad and i don't think the general population realizes how intense it is for a family um having to you know deal with having a sick child that needs like very you know intense treatment in other places other locations and it totally offsets your entire family life your entire world um so yeah, that's something, you know, I was hoping to advocate for, but my God, it's just been such a whirlwind. Yeah. 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 You know, there's so many things that, you know, I've just wanted to do um, after Layla passed away and, it, you know, I, I need to get myself grounded first and I knew that I need to take care of it. You know, these things come to the surface now because we're in it again in a different way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had, you, you're part of Little Hands like we are, right? Just like, you know, Carson's family. It's We're lucky down here to have an organization like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, Little Hands is just an incredible group. I mean, they do so much work, and it's a community, really, um, of families that can kind of lean into each other and help each other. But, yeah. uh, I, and I'm not trying to – I'm going to bring up another story, okay? Yeah. So there was at the same time we were at Sick Kids back in 2018, there was a mom who was just exiting, uh, who had very similar because we belong to a Sick Kids group uh, called Kids of uh, 4D, which mm -hmm. is the floor they do a lot of the heart surgeries for the kids on for critically ill kids. Yeah. And in the group, uh, the Facebook group, there was a mom that left a couple months before us, but they were she was kind of coming back because the daughter had a heart transplant, wasn't taking. Um, she's single mom um you know no family support because uh, she would post all sorts of different things in the group about different and she, you know by herself in toronto um she's from hamilton so it's not that far of a hike but still i just remember just keep saying to carrie i'm like you know as, as hard as stuff got it's like we had her mom and stepdad which was like a total blessing because they were there every step of the way we had my family her her dad and stepmom and uh, our extended family, a lot of the booming likes are in Toronto, right? The Filipino community like, mm -hmm. on my side is we got a lot. I got a lot of family in TO. So, um, but yeah, can you like, I just always say that to Kara. It's like, can you imagine if you were, you know, single parent and you didn't have like, you didn't speak to your mom or your dad or you didn't have a brother or sister or anybody? Like, how the hell do you do that? Like, I just, it boggles my mind. 
Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, wow. Kudos to her because I couldn't even fathom that. Well, we know we um, we made a lot of connections in the Ronald McDonald House. So Layla went through um, her chemo the day before her last um, chemo was due. We found out she had relapsed to her brain, which is like the worst case scenario when it comes to Rabdo. And it was just the whole thing all over again. Like she was hell bent on, you know, just being done, ringing the bell. That's it the next day. And um, it was it was a mind like F word. <laughs> To oh, just for sure. have to watch your daughter want to celebrate, but then realize that she has to go through all this crap all over again, you know, transported back to London. Long story short, um, it was, it just grew so fast and, you know, they did emergency brain surgery and, you know, she was, it was, it came back within like three weeks. So there was really not much else we could do for her. But we were in um, Ronald McDonald House for about a month while she was there. About a month. Half yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. Made really great connections. Um, you, we found a family we connected with. But there was a mom. Um, she had, and I still talk to her. I keep in touch with her because my God, right. her little girl was like running, adorable, adorable. You could tell she was having chemotherapy. She was all smiles, and she had two little sisters. This mother was always it was just her all the time um three three girls one you know having cancer and yeah she lost her daughter about four or five months after Layla passed away never saw her dad nothing she's just alone in London and no support like zero support <laughs> and it it's heartbreaking because she's such an amazing woman and she has nothing like nobody yeah, yeah, it was like it was weird when she was when she was around because she was like she's pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean she was on her cell phone a lot, so it was hard to really gauge you know who she was as a person, but as time went on, like I mean, I, I can applaud her till the end of time because she did all that by herself, you know. Her dad for the children wasn't around. Nobody really ever came to visit her. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that our kids, while we were up there, were playing with the kids. You know, they, they built that relationship. So it wasn't, you know, so sure. disastrous for her because now her kids are being occupied by somebody else to just kind of give her that break. And, you know, towards the end, it, it blossomed into a really good friendship with between her and Don. Good. And that's awesome. I just wish I was closer. And that's the thing. Like, I can't, I can't get to her as much as I'd like, but... We did help them at Christmas. We did a fundraiser for her and her, her two daughters at Christmas time because she struggles. Like she continues to struggle. There's that's another thing. After everything happens, when that you know, everything's over and there's this like Oh yeah. It's just quiet. And what do you do? And now you have to try to like figure out how to navigate a whole new world, world. With almost no support anymore. Like kind of everybody sort of trickles away very slowly. And I'm not saying that, you know, we were abandoned, but yeah, you see, you know, okay, you know, the whole, all the big, big things happened and everyone kind of disappears. So that's another, that's I think, deficit that there's very little support after. That's why I think it's so crucial that it's like, you know, I, I said many times here on the show, it's like, it's not who wants to ride with you on the limo. It's who's going to help you out when you, when you got to ride the bus. Yep. And I think like, uh, and you're right. Like, I think there's that whole, 
you know, we're going to be here for you, no problem. And then, like you said, it kind of trickles mm-hmm. out. And that's when I think you really start to see if you're lucky enough to have those people who are going to support you or at least, you know, check in with you or to lay. And then, and then it's like adjusting to the new norm, right? Like, how is that affecting you too? But I think we're, you guys are right. Like, I, you know, Little Hands does so, so much great work. Um, in Windsor, Essex. And I think, you know, it's a great support network. Like how often I see them on Twitter, right? I follow them on Twitter where they all post prayers for so-and-so a bit of a setback today. Um, And then automatically like I start, that's like, there's a little bit of a wave of like recollection for me. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, try to figure out if there's ways to support it, but God bless you guys for connecting with her and um, staying with her, I guess, down the journey, because as a single parent, that's gotta be tough, man. For sure. And I mean, we met, we met another family while we were in London too. And I mean, we're still in contact with them. And again, you know, they were, they were coming into our situation towards the end of Layla's journey as they're starting theirs. And just because of the way they intertwine, like it just built such a huge relationship. And I mean, even, even still now it's like, I'm constantly like, even Don, you know, we're always texting them and seeing how they're doing and, other little guys doing and you know vice versa like even with what i'm doing it just you meet people in strange places and then you build those connections and when you can keep those people around after the fact you know that you know we were all planted in in our circle at that time for a reason because there's you know still a bigger picture of this you never know why but you know somewhere in there you know that connection is going to come back for something major it's a beautiful thing. It just it's goes beautiful. back to treating people, right? Treating people well. Try to treat from, from a lens of compassion. It's a messed up kind of beautiful. Like, it's very messy. <laughs> um, but, like, I guess my whole, I guess, where I'm coming from, where I would, you know, like, people to get from my perspective on all of this is that, None of this is going to bring Layla back. She passed away. Um, it hurts. She's gone. You know, I miss her. I can't even explain how much I miss her. I'm going to grieve for the rest of my life. But there sure. are so many good things that are happening because she lived. And that that just carries me and gets me through. Just knowing, like, my husband <laughs> saved a life. Like, what if, you know, I said, and he kind of got mad at me for saying it, but it was more just trying to put it into perspective. Had we not gone through all of this, had we not had all these connections, that opportunity may not have come to him if Layla was still here and hadn't gone through what she went through. And it's messed up, but it's awesome at the same time. And I don't know, it's a really weird feeling to have, but I just, I try to look at the good in all of it and know that part of it is probably because of her. She probably was like, you can do this, you know, you got this (laughs) guilty. I, I, um, I did. She, you know, she sent, sent something to Megan and I kind of took it the wrong way because my perspective on what I was doing was a little different and I never really, you know, like I said, grasped the whole picture of why all this was happening. It was just, I donated blood because of Layla. Now I know I could, you know, test and be a donor for somebody to get him, you know, a life-saving operation. And like 
probably within like the last week leading up to surgery, like just the bigger picture started coming in. It's like my brain was finally processing that aspect of it. And before I went to Toronto, I, I looked at Donna and I apologized to her because I was totally off the mark and I had no right saying what I said. And I was angry about it and I apologize. I mean, this is the things that you go through in relationships when you're, when you're trying to work through everything together because it's not one thing, it's a grander thing. There's so many little parts and pieces that connect everything. And it's, you know, it, it's a learning curve for all of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the school, like I said to the teacher, I'm like, you know, it's, it, it's, a, good, it's a good parental lesson to your kids. You know, I, I'm hoping my kids get out of this. You know, they went through the same grief and struggle and, and, and anger and fear with Layla. You know, for me, this shows them that even though we went through this, dad and you and everybody else in the family can still do good for somebody else. It doesn't have to just be about what you've already gone through. It's what you do with it moving forward. And I mean, again, with Layla's Grace Foundation, like it's there. We've done a couple little things with it, but we haven't really expanded on it yet because we really haven't decided where we're going to go with it. But it's there and it's, it's going to always be there until we're ready to hit the firing range and start doing what we need to do with it. But the grieving process and getting ourselves back together, like I said to you earlier about, you know, taking social media out of it, we're going to take that hiatus because as a family, we need to we need, we need to reconnect. We need to regroup as, as, as a team. There's so many things that we're all feeling and, you know, different emotions. And, you know, my kids are young. They, it's heartbreaking to say that my kids understand death at the age of six. And for you and I, that would be unfathomable at our age then. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to need counseling. They're going to need grief counselors. You know, they're going to have to start cycling through their emotions and being able to process what they've seen, and what they've done and what they've had to do to survive. Like Don mentioned earlier, we just we've been in survival mode from day one. And it's like now is going to be the time to regroup and figure out what we're going to do with the rest of our lives. Like. Whew. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, I think, I think if, if it's any indication of you, both of your hearts, I think your kids are going to be in a really great place. Um, once everybody starts to work through everything that's happened, I think you guys are amazing people. And like Eric just said there in our comments, I think God bless you for thinking of other folks, um, like Carson. Um, I will shameless plug. Um, I'll send you something too. Um, I, I did uh, really one of my favorite stories I did when I was at the CBC was I was able to uh, I know this was a bit of therapeutic, uh, I guess, processing for me at the time. Um, and certainly like we didn't lose Liam, but um, I was able to get some behind the scenes access to our bereavement um, uh, program at CMHA mm -hmm. uh, and actually sit in to one of the meetings uh, and film it. Uh, from a lens of I'm not trying to do any kind of expose. I just really want to showcase some of the parents who are struggling and say, like, this is what I live with from a day to day basis. And this is how I can. And, and some of the foot families I met uh, during doing this sort of deep dive into it was it's just incredible to see, like you said, the, the communities that form around that tragedy that these families are able to lean on each other um, mm. and, and, and sort of come from a better place. So. Um, I, I, 
again, I think what you guys have done is amazing. I think that when you're able to reconnect, like you guys are planning to do, I think it's going to leave you stronger at the end of the day. And if there's anything I can do on my end or we can do as a family to help you guys out, I'm happy to, uh, you guys got my number now. Joe's got my number. So <laughs> no, no more Facebook messages, right? Just, just text me, man. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. No. That, that's the way we've always communicated. I mean, because we've always kept our, our personal lives separate from, you know, what social media is. I mean, like how many times I've been on CTV Windsor and AM 800, you know, just from a, a pers- on your perspective, as far as, you know, the afternoon news and you're, you're doing your afternoon show. I mean, there's, so many other connections that we have yeah. and we kept that separate, but, you know, being as close as an age as we are and our families dealing with a sickness or an illness of any kind, you know, it, that changes the perspective on everything because now we're in that same, we're in that same group. We're in that same category and it's, you know, we have to lean on each other. I mean, I can't speak for Ian, but you know, as dads, we're expected to have the broad shoulders and oh yeah, hold yeah. up the household for sure. You know, and and he started the Badass Dads Club, and COVID has kind of taken that off the board for him. Same with Chantel's Badass Moms Club. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's a challenging time, but they created these groups for people that they've been involved with because we need each other still, regardless. I mean, yeah, we have our spouses and we have family, but sometimes we need just the parents directly that have had to deal with these things for sure. And that's, you know, that's what it boils down to. Like you said earlier, people need people. And thank you for using your platform for these purposes. No, like seriously though, like God, God love you guys. Uh, You know, I appreciate that. I, I, I used to get it. I'm going to drop because it was funny because Joe says, because are we allowed to swear on the show? You do whatever you want. <laughs> but I used to get in shit. Uh, I used to get in shit, honestly, at, at AM 800 that I'd get too um, personal with with my guests and I was too chummy. And I'm like, man, I, I've lived, worked, breathed, sweat, bled in this city, in this region for 40 years. Well, back then it would have been like 30, 30 years. And I, I Windsor's five degrees of separation, man. And, yep. you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to do gotcha, gotcha in the story. Like, that's not, I'm sorry, that doesn't, that doesn't float my boat. What if I can, yeah. I can genuinely pull Morgan from mix, uh, she's not on the mix, but country nine, five, nine, Morgan, Morgan Ryan. She always teases me. A good friend of mine. She's like, arms, you're pulling an Oprah. And I'm like, I, I, I like that. I, I like the, I like to get, get people into a place where they can share. And, and if I can, we can find folks that can kind of take that story and say, yeah, you know what? I can try to put it forth in a better way to try to help these folks out. Then I think that's what this, again, to go back to it. So to, to answer your question, Don, you are more than welcome to you and Joe. I think you guys are amazing folks. Um, if there's anything you need from me again, just let me know. Uh, and when you guys are ready, I'd love to have you on just to kind of give an update and shoot the shit and just hang out, man. That's all. Cool. Yeah. When COVID ends, Sounds like some when drinks COVID and bonfires. Ends, very broad <laughs> comment, <laughs> right? But bonfires, yeah. drinks, and s'mores, buddy. I love it. I'm I'm a big bonfire guy, dude. Like we're out in Amherstburg. I have bonfires on. Carrie always busts my chops because I have them like every weekend. But I'm out there yeah, when the boy goes to bed, and <laughs> I, you know, I, you're more than welcome to come and have a couple, and uh, you know, play some Neil Young, and away we go. It's a good night. Oh, here here we go. Working up another controversy. 
<laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Joe Rogan. No, we're not dude. going there. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there on this show. Anyways, God bless you guys. I appreciate your time. Thank Give you, my man. best to everybody and uh, heal up. Okay, Joe? Appreciate it, pal. Good talking to you. Have a good night. Anytime. Don, thank you for your time too. Okay. Take care of yourself and I'll touch base with you guys in a bit. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. God bless you both. Like, See ya. Thanks, everyone. Anytime. That is Joe and Don Marshawn. What amazing people. And they come from such a place of uh, authenticity uh, and, and love. Um, obviously, for Layla and everything she meant to them as their daughter and, and the journey she's, she went through. Uh, and then Joe kind of jumping into the, the foray, so to speak, to provide Carson, sweet little guy, with a life-saving kidney transplant. He's doing pretty good, uh, knock on wood. We did reach out to Carson's mom um, to hop on, but obviously um, she's focused right on Carson's recovery. So we wish Carson nothing but the best. And uh, again, thank you to Joe and Don for being just amazing folks um, for pretty much all sorts of uh, families here in the Windsor Essex County area. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, Don's mom apparently here loves Neil Young. Uh-oh, little bit of the inside track. God, the, the Neil Young thing, it's like, I love Neil Young. Can we play some Harvest Moon? Um, keep on rocking in the free world, man. I'm going to start jamming that when we're done the show. Anyways, that's going to do it for episode four, season two of the Arms Boom and Like Project. Everybody watching and interacting as we were live. Thank you so much for your comments. We are back on the regular schedule Tuesday nights at eight. And coming up this Tuesday, as we enter the month of February, we are going to talk about the housing crisis and homelessness in Windsor, Essex with Angela Leaconich. She is the executive director from the Windsor Family Homes and Community Partnerships uh, group. They do some incredible work in the downtown core. Uh, in regards to Kids First Food Bank and some options for some affordable housing that are on the table as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that epidemic of homelessness in Windsor-Essex with Angela's take on that. She'll be joining the show and uh, talk a little bit about what she does in her spare time too and how we sort of know each other in terms of the fitness community. So really looking forward to having Angela on the show. She's uh, a great talker and just a wonderful human being to deal with. Don't forget you can find uh, past episodes of the podcast up on my website, armsboomandlike.com. And we'll see you back next Tuesday here for another edition of the Arms Boom and Like Project. Thank you so much for watching.